Welcome to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Eric Capelli. Today, again, just in the same vein of the messages that have been being preached from the last few weeks is uh, my Resurrection Day. And this morning, I want to speak to you specifically about living in resurrection freedom. Who believes freedom is something that's important? Yes? Do you enjoy your freedom? And I understand that freedom, even within American context, is something that we see as a right. But based off of places that I've been all over the world, yes, I understand it is my right, but I also see it as a privilege that I enjoy. I don't see a lot of things like I must or I have to or this obligation or I'm demanding about it. I am extremely thankful for the freedoms that I have, not only as a citizen of the United States and of the Netherlands, but also as a citizen of the kingdom of God. That's even better. I love all the perks and the benefits that come along with that. If you look in the Gospels in John chapter 8, verse 36, you see that the Pharisees are kind of combating Jesus. The Pharisees were the religious leaders of the time, and they held an important place within this religious body called the Sanhedrin. And so they were always trying to scrutinize Jesus and to find him tripping up theologically or doing something that was against the quote-unquote rules and status quo of his time. But Jesus, he responded to them and his disciples with the famous words, So if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. See, genuine freedom is not freedom according to the laws and regulations of man. Genuine freedom is not the liberty to sin, but genuine freedom is the peace that passes all understanding that comes from knowing Jesus Christ. Genuine freedom comes from being delivered from the power of sin and from the wages of sin, which is death, hell, and the grave. Thank God for Jesus that he has given us victory over all these things. See, freedom is more than just, like I said, the rights that you have, but being free is a state of no longer being imprisoned or enslaved. I'm free. I am free. Even if people try to oppress me, I am free. Even if people jail me and beat me, I am free. See, genuine freedom is not marked by a person, a place, a thing, or circumstances, but that genuine freedom comes from knowing Christ. When we look back upon our history as a nation and as a people, we understand that not every American has felt the right to be free. We also understand that in the world in which we live, not every country is free. Not every person lives in freedom. But especially Christian brothers and sisters all over the world, they are not in this state of political or social freedom. But thank God for Jesus, who makes us free indeed, free on the inside. So again, looking back at our history, we see many people who knew about this freedom. 
We know the history of Israel, how Moses set the people of Israel free from the power of Pharaoh. Yesterday evening was the start of the celebration of Passover, the feast that describes God delivering the people of Israel from slavery in Egypt and from the mighty hand of Pharaoh. We know throughout U.S. history that people that were enslaved, that they were also set free, and that God raised up men and women to see genuine freedom happen. One such figure that I've admired since I was a young boy was the woman Harriet Tubman, who herself was born into slavery, and she was called at the time the Moses of her people. One of the main things that she said, which I love, is throughout all these years, she delivered everyone safely into freedom, and she did not lose one passenger, and she never derailed a train from the tracks. She was one of the integral leaders of the Underground Railroad, which was a movement of bringing slaves from the south to the north into Canada and into freedom. What a marvelous freedom that we can celebrate as a country, that people are also free, that they are free no matter their background or their ethnic background either or their genetics. They are genuinely free. Another freedom, like I said, that we've experienced because it's not only about these historical figures, it is about the genuine freedom that comes from Jesus. See, we were bound in sin. We were bound under the law of sin and death, the devil who is worse than Pharaoh, the devil who is worse than a slave master. He had enslaved our souls into eternal damnation. But because of Jesus, we are free at last. Because of Jesus, thank God Almighty, we're free at last. One of the first things that Harriet Tubman said when she realized that she could be free was the following. She said the famous words, we out. I love those words. Because what that meant was, we are gonna get out of here. See, freedom is something that we can sometimes not realize that we have. When Jesus set us free, he said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Meaning that when you come to believe in him, I want you to know that not only is it a right or a privilege, but it is a spiritual blessing that when you come to Jesus, you are free indeed. It means that you are free from the power of Satan. It means you are free from the power of death. You are free from the powers of sin. You are free from the powers of generational sins and curses, you are free, free, free. You are free. You are free from addiction. You are free from sickness. You are free from every ailment that the devil wants to place upon you. So just like Harriet said, I say to the devil, I say to sickness, and I say to sin, we out. I'm getting out of here. See, because true freedom means that you have rights. Can I hear that word? I have rights. Thank God that he gives us rights. If you're watching from home, you have rights. And so because of that, the book of Romans shows us in Romans 8, 2, it says, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. 
Can I read that one again? Romans 8, 2. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. I am free. Ephesians 2, 19. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens with the saints and are of God's household. Come on. I am part of God's family. I'm not just a lousy sinner anymore. I'm not just someone who's saved by grace, but thank God through Jesus, I am a child of God. Isn't that awesome? And not only am I a child, but I am co-heirs with Christ and all of the benefits of the kingdom, all of the blessings in Christ Jesus, they're not just waiting for me on the other side of eternity. They are mine right here and right now in this moment. That is why Paul wrote the book of Ephesians. He wanted the church to know that in the midst of their troubling circumstances, that they were citizens of heaven, but also that they were co-heirs with Christ and that they were reigning with him over powers and principalities. I don't know about you, but I know where I'm seated this morning. The Son has set me free. Another famous thing that Miss Tubman said was, she said, I freed, tha- I freed a thousand, oh, she said, I freed a thousand, save, I could have freed a thousand more if only they knew that they were slaves. Do you understand that one? Christ can only save you from the things that you are willing to be saved from. If you don't believe that Christ's redemption can set you free completely, you're never going to receive that freedom. I've met many a Christian who struggled all of their Christian life with little issues or big issues and sin or bondages or addictions because they weren't willing to let the grace of Jesus touch them completely. Recently, I was watching a few documentaries about people who were set free from certain uh, extermination and concentration camps during the Second World War. It is a known fact that many Jews who were enslaved in these particular camps, pretty much with a death sentence upon their life, that when the Canadian and American liberators went in to free them, that they remained in their cells because they did not know that they were actually free. That can sometimes typify us as well. That when we do not realize that through serving Christ, we are free indeed, we cannot be freed from the very things that are holding us. I've heard believers say things, well, you don't understand my struggle and what I'm going through. Oh, yes, I do understand your struggle and what you're going through. But see, I believe in a Savior. I believe in a Deliverer. I believe that the blood of Jesus can cleanse us through and through. I believe that there's power in the blood. I believe that the blood of Jesus not only cleanses us from all unrighteousness, but I believe that it breaks us from the power of sin. I believe that it disarms the powers of hell. I believe that the blood of Jesus is a karate kick in the face of the devil. I believe in victory because I believe that my Savior is alive and well. Oh, I am free, free indeed. (laughs) 
If you are struggling with anything, I know last message, last week's message was hard. A hard reality for society, a hard reality for us as believers, but I will not preach something like that unless I believed that the blood of Jesus and the grace of Jesus could touch us and transform us through and through. Another thing about freedom, true freedom means responsibilities. Can I get an amen on that one? Galatians 5, 13. It says, for you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Do we like that one? 1 Corinthians 6.12, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. Serving Jesus and living in grace does not all of a sudden give you the right to sin. Some Christians can be under that mindset, well, I can do whatever I want, and Jesus, he's just going to forgive me. See, we have to understand the very nature of sin, that sin is just like little drops of poison. And the more you give and the more you add, the more destructive it will be. Just like a little bit of yeast can rise a whole bunch of bread into a catastrophe, so can a little bit of sin spoil the very work of God in our lives. See, sin is not a license, or grace is not a license to keep on sinning. Grace is a license to stand in the victory that Jesus desires to give you. Grace gives you power. When the devil comes in to tempt you and you feel like there's no way out, grace is reaching out with a life vest. Grace is reaching out with a helping hand and saying, you have an exit strategy in Jesus. So when sin and its temptation Temptations are trying to get the best of you. All you have to do is open your mouth and say, Jesus, I am your child. I am saved by grace. And Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. Come on, church. When temptation tries to creep in, get that grace inside of you. Get that word inside of you and begin to say, Holy Spirit, fill me right now. See, the Bible is clear that in the midst of every temptation, in the midst of every trial, in the midst of every struggle, there is an escape route, and his name is Jesus. You are free. Tubman said the following, I have reasoned this out in my mind. There was one of two things. I had the right to liberty or death. If I could not have one, I've had the other. Do you get what she's trying to say? That she was willing to risk her all and die to get freedom and liberty for others. And in pursuit of that life that she was trying to attain, not only for herself or others, she knew if I'm not willing to die and give my all, then I will never live and I'll never give life to those around me. Thank God for Jesus who gave his life wholeheartedly for you and I. He gave every piece of himself so that you and I, we didn't have to live in sin and be like, oh good, I'm following Jesus and I can do whatever I please. 
The reality of serving Christ is saying, I no longer live, but it is Christ who is living inside of me. See, Eric Capelli is no longer alive, but it is Jesus who is living inside of me. And when Eric Capelli wants to live, I got to beat him up a little bit in the spirit. And I got to make sure that it's Christ who is living inside of me. See, if I want to live and I want others to live too, I've got to be willing to die. Christ was willing to die. He was willing to give all of himself and not hold back just a portion, but he willfully gave himself on a cross. If you're watching from home today, Jesus gave himself for you. He was nailed to a cross for you because he loved you. He gave himself over to death so that you might live. But I thank God for the word of God because it says in the book of Hebrews that Jesus was able to endure the cross for the joy that was set before him. See, Jesus knew that his death on the cross was not the end of the game. He knew that it was a strategic move that would lead to eternity because Jesus, when he rose from the dead after spending 40 days with his disciples, he ascended on high. And now this Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father with power, with majesty, and with authority. And you know what the beauty of that is? That if you let Christ live inside of you, that you too are seated with him in heavenly places. But see, it's not only about your position in Christ. Are you so excited about the rights that you have in Jesus that you are willing to tell others about him? Are you so excited about what Jesus has done in your life that you are saved from your sin, that you have eternal life in heaven? Are you so excited that you're willing to tell others the good news about Jesus? See, if you are free, you want other people to be free. If the Son has set you free, you want everyone around you to be free. If people are struggling with sin and addiction, you want them to be free too. I hope so. Come on. I want people to be free, leading them to freedom. True freedom also means requirements. Oh, well, we don't like those words. I don't got to do nothing for no one. Peter says the following, chapter 2, verses 16 through 17. It says, live as a people who are free, not using your freedoms as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Get ready for this one. Honor everyone. Stop. Honor everyone. Honor everyone. Do you know what the word in Greek means? Everyone. Do you know what the word in Hebrew means? Everyone. Every single person on this planet. Love the brotherhood, meaning your fellow believers, the Adelphi. Love one another. Stop. Love one another. Number three, fear God. Fear God. Something that is missing from our society and even from our churches at times. I know my lovely wife, she says it all the time. She says, I fear God. 
She says, that's why I obey him. She said, and I know that Christians don't like that mindset. She said, I love God and I know he is my father, but I understand he is the creator of the universe and I want to honor him in all that I do because I believe that he is a God who blesses his people. I've lived under his blessing every day of my life and I want to remain in that throughout all of eternity. Don't you want the same for yourself? Fear God. And the last one, honor the emperor. Oh, well, we don't like that one as Christians. I want to choose which leader or political leader I give my support to. I didn't vote for that person. I don't care who you voted for or not. The second they get into that office, the word of God says, honor the emperor. These words were written in a time period where Nero, the emperor, the biggest persecutor of Christians, was in charge. He lit up Christians like torches at his backyard barbecues. And the writer here is saying to the church, honor the emperor. He's not saying bow before him. He's not saying worship him. He is saying honor the emperor. Church, I admonish you today, honor our political figures. Honor them in your prayers. The word of God tells us to pray for those that are in authority. How do we honor them? We honor them with our words. We honor them with the things we post on social media or we do not post. Why? Because these people are living, breathing souls who need to be saved just like you and I. You might not agree with their policy. You might not like the way that they do things. But see, when you open your mouth and you run it like a big mouth, what you are actually declaring is God is not the sovereign king over my life in this universe. Come on. Come on. We love to preach about sin in the church. When I mention the bad taboo things, we love that. But when we get into this nitty-gritty, do we love this too? See, being free has requirements that come along with it. And the requirement is you are not a representation of the United States of America. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. Everywhere you go, with everything you say, everything you write, you represent a completely different kingdom. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win some of them. See, the responsibility of being free means that you are willing to stoop down to the lowest level, not in sin, but in compassion and in mercy to reach all people for Christ. See, Paul was willing to be beaten and flogged and shipwrecked. He was willing to be misunderstood in the, in the vastness of the Roman Empire. And his willingness to do all of that was, he said, I will be all things to all people so that I might win some. Some. Are we willing in our freedom to sometimes give up that freedom to serve Jesus and him alone? 
Are we willing in the freedom that we've received to lead men and women to Christ because we believe in that freedom with everything inside of us? See, true freedom will cost you something. True freedom will always beckon you, but it will beckon you at a price. The true freedom that comes from knowing and serving Jesus will constantly call you. It will call you. It will call you away from your jobs. The freedom in Jesus will call you away from your securities. The freedom in Jesus will sometimes call you away from your home country. The freedoms in Jesus will call you away from your mother tongue. The freedoms in Jesus will make you give away some of the things that you hold the most dear. But are you willing to give it all away so that Christ may be magnified in all that you say and all that you do? do and all that you are. See, Harriet Tubman, she was a Pentecostal woman. I don't know if you've ever read a book or seen her movie. If you've ever want to watch the movie, it's called Tubman. But she was a spirit-filled believer. Before we had this modern Pentecostal movement like we know it, she had received dreams and revelations from God. That's how she never lost a passenger. That's how she, quote, unquote, never derailed a train. Every time she prayed, she felt the leading of the Holy Spirit. She knew exactly where to navigate people to bring them to freedom. She said the following, If you hear the dogs, keep going. If you see the torches in the woods, keep going. If they're shooting after you, keep going. Don't ever stop, keep going. If you want a taste of freedom, keep going. Church, I want to encourage you this morning that no matter what happens in our society, keep going. Even if they persecute us, keep going. Even if hardship comes, keep going. Even if friends and family turn against you, keep going. Even if people don't understand the value of the Word of God, keep going. Keep going. Never, ever, 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 ever give up until Jesus Jesus returns or calls you home. Keep going. Keep going. The Bible shows us again. Join together in following my example, brothers and sisters. And just as you have us as a model, keep your eyes on those who live as we do. Verse 18. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross. Verse 19, their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. I love this one. But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enabled him to bring everything under his control will transform our lonely bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Come on. That's why we do all of this. That's why I want to keep going. I want to keep going because it's not only being forgiven of my sin, it's not only keep going because my sins were buried the day I got baptized and I can live in the newness of life. I also want to keep going because I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I also want to keep going because this stinking mortal 
body of flesh which is perishable on the day that Jesus comes, it will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye and I will be gloriously resurrected with Christ. Come on. Tubman said the following. She said, every great dream begins with the dreamer. Always remember you have within you the strength, the patience, and the passion to reach for the stars and change the world. Everything you need, you have been given. Everything you have need, you have been given. The Bible tells us that very clearly. We have not been left helpless or hopeless or weaponless. We have been given everything we need to live a godly life. That is what the word of God says. Come on. We have the tools to do the job, people. And like I said, I believe that God, he is calling us up. If you're watching us online, he is calling you. He's calling us up as a church. He's, he's asking us, come on. Not only do you dare to believe these things, but do you dare to live them out? Do you dare to let them be seen in everything around you? And see, church, I have a dream. I had a dream many moons ago. I had a dream to be a missionary and to reach another country. And God used me to do these things. But he brought my family back here. And he brought us back here because God has a dream for New England. God has a dream for Connecticut. God has a dream for Bristol. But more importantly, God has a dream for Bethel. And he has a dream for you. And if you don't dare to dream it, it's not going to happen. But I want to tell you that I already started dreaming that dream for for you. I already started believing that dream for you because I know that God is able to do more than we could think, ask, or imagine. I know that the God of the Bible is loving and he is able to reach into any situation and to turn it for his glory. I don't know about you, but I see a Bethel filled with all kinds of people. I see the children's area overflowing with children. I see the nursing mother's room with all kinds of moms and dads with their newborn babies talking to one another that their families and their lives have been transformed. I see children being filled with the power of the Spirit. I see teenagers rising up and their God-given callings. I see families being restored again. I see broken lives being made whole. I see addictions going away. I see bodies being healed. I see people getting saved and drove. Not only do I see many of you, but I see your children and your grandchildren and your great-grandchildren. I believe that God wants to move like never before and we as a church we've got to dare to dream it we've got to dare to believe it we've got to stand on the promises of God again we've got to shut our mouths when it comes to complaining and we've got to start seeing the things that aren't as though they are see God is a God of freedom and Jesus said whom the son sets free is free indeed Bethel is free indeed you are free indeed. Connecticut is free indeed. The U.S. is free indeed. The sun will set us free. See, when Christ rode in on the triumphal entry, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they didn't know that they were free. 
the king was coming in to declare his kingship. Just like David had ridden to the Jebusite fortress, which was Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, here comes the son of David riding on a donkey again. And he comes to deliver them and he goes to the gate and the people are shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, save us. They were hoping that he would save them from the power of the Romans, but Jesus was about to save them from the power of Satan. Jesus was about to save them from the power of sin. The only people that truly got the message were a bunch of young children that were around him and they were shouting Hosanna. And they said to Jesus, stop them, stop them from this insanity. And he said, from the mouth of children, I have declared my praise. He said, if you don't worship me, I will call these rocks to worship me. And they began to say, but we are children of Abraham. And he said to him, you are not children of Abraham. You are children of the devil. Because if you were children of Abraham, you would know who I am. See, they were slaves to sin. They were living in darkness. But Jesus came to set them free. Jesus came to give them life and liberty. He came to give them everything that they needed. And all they had to do was believe. I thank God today on Palm Sunday that I know who my Redeemer is. I thank God today on Palm Sunday that even though I didn't see Jesus ride in on a donkey, one day I will see him return on a beautiful white horse. And you know what? That horse means nothing to me. It's when I get to see my Jesus. When I get to see the one who has emblazoned upon his forehead and down his thigh, King of kings and Lord of lords. When he comes to get his bride and to restore Israel, King of kings and Lord of lords. See whom the Son sets free is free indeed. On this Palm Sunday, if you are not free, he wants to set you free. If you don't realize that he can set you free from everything that you struggle with, you are not free. If you don't proclaim that goodness to others, you are not truly free. I don't know any other way to say it. You are free when you live in the fullness of that freedom that only Christ can bring you. Let's pray. If you bow your heads, for those that are watching from home, if you could just close your eyes for a moment. We pray right now in this moment, Lord, that those who need that freedom would know it. Lord, your word echoed, and it echoes even today, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. For those that are struggling with sin, addictions, and habits that they know are really bogging them down, I pray that they would let the blood and the grace of Jesus come in like never before. Just like Harriet said, we out, I'm done. I'm done with all of this. If that's you this morning, that you are done with living in sin, you are done with living in addiction, you are done with living with habits that you know are destructive. I ask you to raise your hand and say, Pastor, I am done. Pastor, I am done. I see your hands, are there more? I am done. I am done, today is freedom day. I am done, come on, come on. By acknowledging that, you are saying, I am done. That sin no longer has a hold on me. If you're watching from home, write us a comment. Let us know, I am done, I am done. 
if you're here this morning and you want that freedom to just be so overwhelming in your life that others are also led into that freedom. You're believing God for friends and family and you want that freedom to be evident to all. And if you feel like there is something that's troubling those waters, that it's not coming out the way that it should, I also want you to lift your hand and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray for me. I want my life to be flowing with Jesus. I want everyone around me to be like, whatever you got, I want it. Come on. Come on, church. Don't be afraid. We've got to reach that point where the Spirit of God can flow through us like never before. And the last call today, I am looking for fellow dreamers. I am looking for men and women of God, just like Sister Tubman, who can believe the things that aren't as though they are. As your pastor, I need people who are going to believe God with me, not only to see Bethel change, but to see society around us change, to see a genuine move of God happen like never before. Everything I described, those little pieces that we will see that happen. If you want to dare to dream with me, stand to your feet this morning. I I want to see who my dreamers are. Let's just lift our hands to the Lord. Let's begin to cry out. Let's begin to pray. Let's begin to ask the Lord to move like never before. We don't want to miss the boat. Just like the Pharisees, we don't want to miss the boat. When Jesus comes to town, we don't want to miss the boat because we have preconceived ideas. We want it a certain way. We want Jesus to come in the way that he declares that he's going to come in. Lord, let your anointing begin to flow over this place. For those that are watching on our live stream, let the anointing begin to flow over you right now. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, begin to release your presence. Lord, begin to fill people with the power of your spirit. Begin to release dreams and visions. Lord, let people see the things that you desire to do. Lord, show them. Show them our children. Show them our youth. Show them our young adults. Show them our older people. Lord, show them our families. Show them our singles. Lord, show them lives being transformed. Lord, show them in the spirit the things that you desire to do. Lord, move. Move like never before. Move in this place. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, have your way. Have your way. Have your way in us. We're crying out. We're desperate for you. We're desperate for you. Come on, church. Come on, church. Lift your voices. Lift your voices as if someone else's salvation depends upon it. Church, lift your voices. Lift your voices. Just like Harriet said, when you hear the dogs barking, keep going. When you see the torches in the woods, keep going. Church, keep praying. Keep praying. Keep believing. Come on. Come on. We can do this. We can do this. We can do this. We've got it. Come on. Pray and believe like never before. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, 
Come on, church, there's anointing for you today. There's anointing for you today. There's an anointing of the Holy Spirit in this place. There's an anointing that's flowing right now in this moment. Tell him, Lord, I want all of it. I want all that you have for me. I want all that you have for me. If you need to kneel where you're sitting, if you want to come up to these altars, if you need prayer, I'll ask the elders and our prayer team and our board to pray with you. But just come, come without further ado. Let the power of God touch you. Let the power of God release you like never before. As we're flowing in this moment, if you need to leave, you can leave. But one thing I want to make aware to you, next Sunday, we need everyone to register. We need people to register for Good Friday. As you register, understand, we will be assigning your seat next Sunday. Do not complain about it. We need you to cooperate. Let's move in the power of the Spirit right now. Father, let your presence flow. Let your presence flow. If you're hungry for more of him, make your way up to these altars. If you're hungry for the touch of God on your life, come on. Come on, don't hold back, church. Let the power and anointing flow. Sometimes we've got to step away from where we are. We've got to say, Lord, I'm hungry today. Lord, I'm hungry for more of you. There's already one brave woman. Do I have other people? You just want the touch and the anointing upon your life. Come on. Come on, prayer team. Come on, elders. If you want that touch upon your life, let the anointing of God begin to flow like never before. Brother Lappert, if you could pray with people as well this morning. Dolores, I don't know if you're here. Just come and let people pray for you as the worship team leads us in one last song this morning. The ushers will come. If you need to leave, they'll be releasing you row by row. If you need to stay for prayer, let us pray for you. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to the Bethel Christian Church Message of the Week. Head to BethelCC.org to stay up to date with everything that's going on at Bethel Christian Church.